I think I got it. All right. Good morning. It's been a while since we've been, well, it's been a while since I've been back at In-Depth, so it's good to be back with you. Um, so we're studying the book of Numbers, and I'm glad it didn't intimidate you. I'm glad you guys are here because really Numbers is just a recap of the wilderness wanderings. So um, we're going to be studying that throughout the six weeks that we have. But when Cheryl and I were kind of chit-chatting via email about what we were going to teach. Yes? I think it's Anton. Thank you. See? Where's Anton? Can you hear me now? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Should I start over? (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) Okay, now I'm really embarrassed. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, um, we're going to be studying the book of Numbers. And when Cheryl and I were kind of chit-chatting about what we were going to teach, we noticed at the end of each um, lesson, there was a section called Digging Deeper. And we kind of figured, knowing ourselves, that we probably wouldn't do the digging deeper. So we thought we'd do it for you. So most of our, most of our lectures are going to be the digging deeper, which means you are still welcome to do the digging deeper on your own. But we're going to take that and kind of just expand on it for you so that if you don't do the digging deeper, at least you're not missing out. Because she does the digging deeper to kind of tie in some more in-depth stuff that she doesn't discuss in the lesson. So today, my digging deeper was the names of God. So, and Cheryl's like, oh, you can take that one. <laughs> so I have a confession to, to make. Um, like some Connie earlier, I've never really studied the names of God. So I feel totally inadequate to teach them. But I have to say over the last um, couple weeks over Christmas break, as I was preparing this, it is overwhelming, the names of God. I, I really didn't, I knew El Shaddai from Amy Grant. That's about, yeah. <laughs> so if somebody else could sing a song of the names of God, I think I would remember it a little bit better. But seriously, I mean, my, my I guess my knowledge of the names of God was very, very limited. And so if you've gotten the handout, you will see two weeks worth of looking up the names of God, six pages worth, and this isn't even all of them. So I picked the majority, and let me tell you, it it was humbling, and it was overwhelming to know that we serve and worship a God who just isn't known by the name God. When we pray to God, we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg, and we're shortchanging ourselves in our prayers, to be honest, and we're shortchanging God because he's so much bigger there's so much depth to him, and there's so much breath to him. And an illustration I'm going to use is with Connie. So everybody knows who Connie is, and she, you know that she is the coach of the in-depth area of study, right? But do you know there's more to Connie than just that? No. Some of it. <laughs> We've got a comedian in the crowd, peanut gallery. Um, Connie's a knitter. She loves to knit. She's a great hostess. I've been hosted in her house before, and she's a very hospitable person. She loves to cook. Don't you? Right? (laughs) Okay, she likes to bake. She's from the Pacific Northwest. Did anybody know that? I didn't either. I I, I thought she was from the Midwest, but she's from the Pacific Northwest. So when you think of somebody like Connie or Cheryl, you don't see them. You just see the one aspect of them, don't you? Because you don't know the full person. Okay, so take that to God. 
and magnify it. God is so multifaceted. He's more than one-dimensional. And like I said, I think we shortchange ourselves and we shortchange God when we don't know all his character and his name. So that's what I'm going to go through today. Not all of them. Don't, don't freak out. But this is what Kay Arthur has to say. Why should we study the names of God? First of all, she says, much of our confusion, our pain, our indecision, and our wrong decisions come because we do not know God. We may know about him, what others know and say about him, but do we know what God says about himself? Do we know for ourselves who he really is, and therefore how he conducts himself in the affairs of mankind? When we know God as he really is, there's a power in our lives. How many of you want power? The names of God is going to give that to us. It's going to give us the ability to stand firm, she says. We aren't left in the state of inertia where so many are today simply because they do not know and confidently understand the character and ways of their God. Would you all agree with that to some degree? We don't know the depth and breadth of the God we serve. And that's why we're going to study the names of God. To know the names of God is to know his character and to know what he is capable of doing and will do on our behalf. And I want to say that again. To know the names of God is to know his character and to know what he is capable of doing and will do on our behalf. So our author, Melissa, she highlights in the Digging Deeper section that we printed out four of those names. And as you can see, there's more than that. But she chose the names that are featured in the book of Numbers. So the first one she, she points out in the Digging Deeper section, if you want to go home and print this out for yourselves, is Elohim. Actually, I'm going to correct myself there. It's Yahweh. Jehovah. Lord. They mean the same thing. They're interchangeable. And they mean existing one. And it's used in the context of numbers. When you go through numbers, when you read the book, you're going to see the Lord spoke to Moses. <clears throat> the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. That's Yahweh. I'm going to get myself confused here. There's so many names. That's Yahweh, Jehovah, Lord. The existing one. That is who is speaking to Moses. When I was reading through the book of Numbers over the Christmas break, I counted 64 times that that was mentioned. 60, well, give or take a few. That's a lot. The existing one who has always been, who is, and who will always be, spoke with Moses. That's incredible. The second one I said is Elohim. Now that's plural. L-E-L is singular, meaning God and God-like. How many of you know the names like Daniel? Michael, what do they end with? E-L, God, God-like. Gabriel, all those names have God in their name. So that is singular for God. Elohim is plural, meaning it's the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So whenever you see Elohim and you pray to Elohim, you are praying to everybody. You got them all in one shot, right? That's where God reveals his majesty and his power as ruler of the earth because all three were present 
at creation. El Shaddai. Remember Amy Grant. Thank you, Amy Grant. All, all sufficient one. That one you will find in Numbers 24, verses 4 and 16. We aren't there yet, but this is where Balaam, and some of you may know already the story, where Balaam is called upon by Balak to come and curse the Israelites because Balak is really afraid of them because they're so huge. And Balaam is like, I can only say what God tells me to say. And guess what? God's not going to curse his own people. He is going to bless them. El Shaddai, all-sufficient one. <coughs> El Elyon, most high God. That's again in Numbers twenty-four sixteen. Again, he's helping Balaam to bless the Israelites because he is most high God, ruler over everything. And then Adonai, most of us know Adonai, which is my Lord. It's a title of reverence. Moses used it when he interceded on behalf of the Israelites when God wanted to wipe them out. And he says, my Lord, my master, remember your faithfulness. Remember your unfailing forgiveness of these people. He's appealing to them as his Lord and master. So yes, it does make a difference how we approach God in using his names. There are three categories. When I, was, when I was doing the study, there's a lot of names, and I thought, this is going to be hard and confusing to remember where to use these names, how to use these names, and in which context. So I came up with three categories, prayers, praise, and power. So I'm like Jeff, I like alliteration. So prayer, what is prayer? Prayer in its simplest form is just basically talking and communicating with God. We can do it honestly, we can do it humbly, and we can do it reverently. But it's basically just having a conversation with God. But if we look at the word prayer itself in the Greek form, it's actually a compound word. Putting together two words. The word pros, which means towards or exchange. And I'm not even going to pronounce that. It says to wish or desire. So basically, the, prop, the proper definition of prayer is you're exchanging your human wish for God's. Very simple, isn't it? So I want to give you an example of how that happens. Right now, um, we're in a season of life. We have a daughter in college, and we have one who's going off to college next, or next year, and she's going, my oldest daughter is in a state school, so it's pretty inexpensive, relatively speaking. But my second daughter has decided to go to a Christian college, which is twice the tuition of the out-of-state daughter. So my husband was kind of freaking out the other night. He's like, I've got to pay. Uh. So I'm looking to get a part-time job to help my husband out, to help pay some of our college tuition. I've been blessed to be able to stay home so far. And I freelance right. So hence the name Freelance. <laughs> There's a reason why it's called Freelance. I don't get paid for anything I publish, unfortunately. Um, I struggled with it at first because I thought, oh, I'm going to use my writing, I'm going to get paid for it, and unfortunately, Christian organizations see it as a ministry, and they don't pay you. Um, I think I've gotten paid for one article, which was $75. <laughs> They'll pay for a tank of gas, right? So as I'm thinking about wanting, trying to get a part-time job, my heart's desire is to use my writing, that's my degree, and I would love to get paid for it, um, so that's what I'm going to pray. Lord, if I need to work, 
I would love to use my writing. I'd love to use the, the talent that you've given me for your glory. However, I need it to pay. <laughs> so I need something to do. However, when we pray, we need to exchange our desire and our wish for what God wants. So now my prayer is, yes, I would love to use my writing. But God, whatever job you provide is the one I will take, whether it uses my writing or not. I am exchanging my desire for God's desire. Even though I can still say, I would love this. I would love flexible schedule because I still have a son in high school. I would love to work from home. I can put that out there. But ultimately, I'm going to bow my desire to God's. And God's calling. He said, oh, I have a job for you. <laughs> That's okay. Don't worry about it. The greatest supreme example we have of this exchange is with Jesus. In his most human, vulnerable moment, when he is facing the cross the next day, he knows what's coming. He knows it's going to be physically painful. He's going to be nailed through his hands and his feet. He's going to have a spear stuck in his side. It's going to be horrific. Spiritually, he's taking on the sins of all of mankind. I can't even imagine what that is. So physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, he's got a lot to take on. Do you think he really wants to do this in his humanness? Probably not. That's why he says, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. But here's the exchange. Not my will, but your will. That's where we have to come to God in prayer. And that's where the names of God help us when we are praying to God. So Jehovah Jireh is who I'm praying to right now, the God who provides. I need to find a job to help pay tuition. That's a need, not a want. I would love to stay home. My want is to do what I want to do. But I'm going to start praying to Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Do you see how the depth and the reverence comes into that. I'm not just praying just to God in general. I'm praying to the God who provides. Jehovah Shalom. Easy one to remember, the Lord of peace. This one we use when we're in a maybe a difficult situation where we just need peace. We need peace to reign in our hearts and our lives. It also goes to the fact of salvation for another person. We want peace for them with God. So we are going to pray to Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Sabaoth. And on your sheet, you, you'll see that I do give you the pronunciation because some of them are really tricky. <laughs> this is the Lord of hosts. Who's the Lord of hosts? He is the general, the chief of hosts of armies of angels. He has got strength and power. This is the God we are going to call on when we need that strength and power to overcome a difficult situation. Jehovah Rohi. A lot of you love Psalm 23. This is where we get Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. You're going to use this when you're needing protection or provision or comfort in times of need. And that need can be anything. It could be a physical need, it could be a mental need, it could be an emotional need or a spiritual need. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. How many of you sometimes feel distant from God? Or you don't feel like, where are you, Lord? 
Jehovah Shammah is who you're going to pray to to ask for his presence to be revealed to you. Jehovah Makadesh, the God who sanctifies. This is the name we call on when we want a change in our lives. We want to be transformed. Let's say I struggle with envy or jealousy. I want to be a knitter like Connie. Where do I, who do I pray to? I need that jealousy and that envy to be eradicated from my life. It's a sin. So I'm going to pray to Jehovah Makadesh to sanctify me, to eradicate that sin in my life and transform me so that I'm not jealous and envious of Connie anymore. She'll be jealous of me. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Here's another one many of us should use and can use. Jehovah Rafi. When we're struggling with, a, with an ailment, whether it's physical or mental, we need healing. We need restoration. Jehovah Rafi will provide. Jehovah El Hemeth, God of truth. We need that in our country right now, don't we? We need El El Hemeth to reign in our country because truth is not there. Or even in your own life, I had a girlfriend whose son was accused at high school, in high school doing something. And it was a, a, a situation of he said, she said. She, she I can't forget it. <laughs> My friend needed truth to prevail because she didn't know who was telling the truth. Her son could have been lying or this girl could have been lying. Do you know what I'm saying? She prayed to El Hemoth. Truth prevailed, and it did. And it didn't always prevail in their favor, but at least truth prevailed, and they could take accurate action. Okay. Elohim, Ozir, Lee. Does anybody see the first word? First name. Elohim. What did we just learn? Plural. When you use this name, you are praying to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as your helper. Got them all in one shot. This is when you are feeling overwhelmed, confused. This is who you pray to. This is the name. God, my helper, I need your help. I don't know what to do in this situation. Elroy. The God who sees. Okay, so on your sheet, you will see that I did include the scripture verses where this name is used. Now, when I came to this one and I read the story, I absolutely cried. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Genesis 16. Everybody knows, or I'm, I don't want to assume, the story of Sarai, Abram, and Hagar. Hagar is a slave. She's an Egyptian slave that Abram purchased when he was down in Egypt. So a slave has no rights, has no way to say anything that's going on in her life. She's owned by another person. So she's an Egyptian. So Abram and Sarai go back to Canaan. And now she's taken out of her home country, maybe away from her family. Now, if you know anything about slavery back then, it's not like we know it from our country. Slavery back then, slaves could have been captives taken in war. Or, unfortunately, sometimes the Egyptians sold their children to pay off debts. And usually it was the girl who was first to go. 
because the son was the one who carried on the family name. So we don't know Hagar's situation. We're speculating here, but whatever it is, she no longer has a support system or a family nearby. She's a slave. She's at the mercy of Sarai and Abraham, and she's in a foreign country now. So we all know that God has promised to make Abraham a great nation. And Sarai is like, okay, how's this going to happen? Because I'm barren. So then she gets this lame brain idea to give Hagar the slave to her husband. So now Hagar is not only a slave, she's a concubine. And she has no say in this. Can you start to feel how she must be feeling in this situation? So she becomes pregnant. And guess what? She uses it as leverage against Sarai because now she's got some control. And she starts taunting Sarai about her pregnancies, like, ha ha, I'm pregnant and you're not. And Sarai becomes very upset, probably, rightly so. And so she goes to Abraham. And Abraham's like, you know, he's like Switzerland. I am staying out of this. You do with her what you want. So Sarai kicks her out. And now Hagar finds herself pregnant, alone, homeless, without food, without water, without shelter, and she's wandering in the wilderness. So this is where I want to pick up the story, because this is where we're going to see El Roy show up. So 16, starting at, um, sorry, Genesis 16, starting at verse 7. The angel of the Lord found her, Hagar, by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. Ugh, ouch. But then here he goes on to say, this, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. The angel of the Lord said, Behold, you are pregnant, and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. The Arab nation, yes, we see that playing out today. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. Hagar's in a really desperate situation. But yet God meets her where she is. He sees her plight. He knows her need. And she says, you are a God of seeing. You see me. You see me. You see what I need. You see my plight. Elroy. Are you ever in a situation, not like Hagar, not a slave, not a concubine, but are you ever in a need situation where you just feel lonely or scared or unloved? Elroy is who you can call upon because he sees us. I just, I don't know. That. And then Abba the Father. Many of us know this one. It's the only Aramaic term for God. In scriptures, and it means daddy. It's a very intimate term. And this is when we are feeling vulnerable and weak and overwhelmed. This is the image of when you are hurting and you would go to your own father for comfort and peace. Abba, Father. 
Our second category is praises. Now, some of you will probably camp out here a lot because that is your bent. You love to praise God. Well, he has certain names that he likes to be praised by as well. So again, I looked up the Greek. The first two are the Greek words, and the last four are Hebrew. Notice that they say just about the same thing. So the word praise means almost the same thing in Greek and Hebrew. To jump for joy, to prostrate prostrate oneself in worship, to reverence, to kneel down to bless as an act of adoration, to dance and whirl about, to leap or spring. And I like this last one, to shout, to split the ears with sound. So on Sunday, if you guys are dancing and whirling about, we'll know you're just praising, right? That's biblical. You can do that. So here are some of the names, not all of them, they're on your sheet, of the God who wants to be praised by these names. We already looked at El Elyon, God Most High. El Imino, God is faithful. The everlasting God, God of my life, God my exceeding joy. Again, you have the scripture verses in the context that they are used so that you can use them the, the most accurate way. God is near. Again, this could be a prayer as well. Some of these are interchangeable between prayers and praises. The Lord, my deliverer, my high tower, my rock, my savior. Those last three are found in one verse. So if you want to pray that one, you're going to get a lot in one fell swoop. Psalm 18. And the last one, power. If you need God to show up in your life, for some reason, these are the names you call upon. Force, ability, powerful deeds, marvelous works. And we know from reading scripture, he is a powerful God. This is the God that is also on our side. These are the names that we can call upon when we need his power in our lives. These three, please be very careful with. You're calling on a mighty God who can do great things. He is the avenger. He judges the earth. He is a sword. We know that vengeance belongs to God, not to us. But yes, let's use that sparingly. There might be certain people you want the vengeance to be visited upon. Or else justice. Maybe you're going through something right now where you just need to see justice happen. This is the God that you will call upon to see that happen. Mighty God. We learned this one over Christmas from Isaiah 9, 6, sorry. Is it 9? Okay, yes. <laughs> Mighty God, El Gabor. This is when you are needing a defense on your behalf. Maybe you're being attacked slanderously by somebody. This is the God you will call upon to help you in that. And then Jehovah Emikai, Emikai, sorry, the Lord is with you. Another way that you can pray too. When you are going up against somebody who maybe you need to confront, Lord Emikai will go with you and you can pray for him. So that is it for the names of God. I just want to end with an encouragement and a challenge. Pick one of those names. 
something that you're going through right now, that that need is really, it's just going to bring it home to a deeper, greater meaning in your life. Not just praying to God in general, but that specific name, the Lord provides, the Lord of peace. Whatever you're going through, make that your prayer for this year. You have the sheet for you. Please don't throw it away. It took me forever (laughs) (laughs) to put together. But this is a resource for you to keep forever so that when you're going through something, you can go to the God and use the name. Because remember, he is a God whose character, and he will work on our behalf according to that name that he has that we can pray in. Amen? Amen. Amen. Most high God, we are thankful that you are not a one-dimensional God, but you are multifaceted. There's so much about you that we don't know. Lord, help us to know you better through these names. Help our prayer life, our praises, to grow deeper because of these names. I pray that these ladies will take up the challenge to know who you are in a greater, greater way through the mighty names that you have revealed to us through your word. Bless our groups this morning, Father, and may our discussion be glorifying to you, and may you be pleased with your daughters, in whose sight we live. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Ladies, you're dismissed your small groups. If you're not, if you're new and you're not sure where to go, please come see me. And I'll be glad to direct you.